Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, 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 my sweet pleasure seekers. Have you ever listened to my commercial and wondered, what is a sex alchemist? I bet you have. Well, think about alchemy. This is not the topic of the day, but I think sometimes words are interesting and descriptions of ourselves can be interesting. So what is alchemy? Essentially, alchemy is like the transformation of something base, like lead into gold. And so I'm thinking that what I am is I can turn your base sex into something freaking phenomenal. That's what I'm thinking. Um, it's not just I'm thinking that. I actually know that that's true and possible. So we are going from base, base sex. Actually, we are kind of going from base sex tonight to something that's maybe beyond people's comfort zone and absolutely way more accessible now, way more uh, in, I guess it's, it's become more popular, we could say. Uh, in the world. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about monogamy, polyamory, and possibilities. And I know that for a lot of you who are avid listeners, you're like, she's talked about monogamy and polyamory before. Or maybe you didn't know that. But I have, I have had at least one or two episodes on monogamy and polyamory. And the reason I like talking about this topic so much is because I feel in my heart that I love everyone, which makes me polyamorous. Um, even the people who are jerks to me, I still have strange, weird capacity to love them. I don't know why I think it makes me weird, but it also is way more comfortable for me to actually love the person than to try and hate them. So in my heart, I'm polyamorous. <laughs> that means that I'm not necessarily having sex with the whole world, although that would be delightful. Well, everyone. A lot of bodies are delightful. Uh, some bodies, not so much, but I could love all bodies and I could love all people without having to have sex with them. So you can kind of see where I'm going. That This is a bit of a gray area. This is a bit of a area that maybe we need more information on. And I think even people who are living a polyamorous life or who are living a monogamous life, maybe we aren't even really sure how we define these things anymore because relationships are becoming kind of different than they ever were historically. We look at different ways that people need to relate in order to survive. So our relationships are definitely changing. So today, monogamy is actually, I would say much more much, because that's a real word. It's much more readily um, accepted as a way to be in relationships. And we still have, you know, people who are celebrating like mega big weddings to say, it's me and you, it's me and you forever. And that's awesome. That's awesome that people love to celebrate their love and they want to have their celebrations to show that as well. 
And then maybe you have polyamorous love as well. And you have a polyamorous, you have a relationship with your primary lover that you've had maybe a marriage to. And then you have another celebration. This is kind of inspired by a, a colleague of mine, Gaia Morissette, who is having a polyamorous uh, celebration for her wedding party, which I think is very cool. And I think that we need to have more variety in life, things that actually bring us joy. And I'm going to bring some concepts forward today to have you maybe question, are you monogamous or are you polyamorous? And what, maybe, maybe in your life, maybe you are more one than the other and you didn't know it. So I actually have this show was inspired and I'll tell you directly, this show was inspired by somebody who has a show on this station. And this show is inspired by a question that was brought to me from a post I did on social media asking for any kind of information around relationships, specifically on um, dating. Um, and it started off as a question around monogamy. And then through her questioning that in my presence, she realized that it wasn't monogamy she's looking for at all. She's looking for polyamory. And I love that. So, so thank you for the idea. And I won't share her name because she shared that with me in private, but uh, it's very exciting to me that somebody, even in just writing the question, sometimes when we just write something, we look at it and go, that doesn't seem so true to me, you know? So I encourage you, if you think you're, you know, if you think you're monogamous and you're into monogamy, write down, I'm looking for a monogamous relationship and look at it. Does that ring true to you? When you look at it, does that say everything in your heart that says, yes, this is what I want. I want one person, one love, one sex partner for the rest of my life. But truly, it's usually like monogamy is kind of like serial monogamy. So you have a relationship for, for some years. It could be 10, 25 years. It could be three years there's usually like segmented monogamy, except for many relationships where people have been together for their entire lives. Um, and their relationships, um, I know many people who have started relationships in high school and continue them to today and they're in their 70s and 80s. So that is absolutely possible as well. And there are people who do that who are also started their relationships in their teens and are still in them in their 30s and 40s now. So this is not just an old concept, this monogamy thing. And it's not an old concept to be with a partner from the time of your teen years till you grow old together. So I think we're also living a lot longer than we used to, right? It's not just a thought that I have, but there are some statistics on that to show that we live longer. And in that, we might actually be curious, you know, you might get older and you might start to get curious and think, well, I've been with this partner for like 50 years. I wonder what sex with somebody else would be like. And, you know, that curiosity is a great question. I think what happens for a lot of people is they start to judge that question. They start to go, oh my God, in my judging this, am I trying to ruin my marriage? Am I seeking divorce? Like what's going on? Why would I question this? What if it's just curiosity? What if you're truly just wondering, like, I wonder what sex with so-and-so would be like, or I wonder what a relationship with this other person would be like. 
So question it. Doesn't mean you have to take action to destroy what you've created. It doesn't, but it can also lead to you opening up your relationship with the person you're with. So in thinking these things, if you're in a monogamous relationship, it's been long-term and you're like, I think I want polyamory. Then I want you to look at what you think is actually missing in your relationship that polyamory would fulfill. So if polyamory would fulfill a little zest in the sex life, or if polyamory would fulfill something like having a partner that you can go out and have dinner dates with at restaurants that your partner doesn't like to eat at, or whatever it is that you think that adding another person to your relationship will do for you or fill for you where there's like a void, whatever that is, I think that is the place to explore first. So anybody moving from monogamous relationship to a polyamorous relationship really needs to explore what is it you think you're lacking that you think adding another person is going to fulfill. I guarantee you if you do not guarantee (laughs) you that if you don't explore this first, it's going to cause havoc. So if you're not willing to explore the like, what do I think is the whole, what's lacking? Why, what am I trying to fill here? And you don't find a way to try and fill it with your partner and you just go off and think you're creating a consensual polyamory, you know, uh, ethical non-monogamy. If you feel like that's what you're doing, you probably aren't because you're avoiding what's the whole. But if you know what the hole is, you know what the void is, you've figured that out. You've discussed this with your primary lover. And you both go, yeah, actually, that works for you to have these things filled. And it works for me for you to have them filled. Takes the pressure off. You know, I don't like going to movies. So, yes, it's great if you want to go have a friend that you go to the movies with or whatever that happens to be. Because as much as people talk about polyamorous relationships being sexual in nature, I challenge that. I challenge it in a way that I think it doesn't have to do with sex. You can have deep, meaningful, intimate relationships with people and sex isn't on the table. And even if there's been, say, something that's gone on physically, maybe there's been cancer of the testicles or cancer of the uterus and your partner can't have sex, then sex or penetrative sex, we'll say, then that type of sex would be off the table. So in that, there might be a hole going on, right? Oh, like I've got a void. I'm not having penetrative sex right now. So if there's a hole or a void going on, and you're like, I think I need to fill this, have these discussions with your partner. A lot of partners who are loving and caring will say, if this is something you need, then I think you should go fill it. And it doesn't destroy your relationship However, if you don't have conversations about it, it will. You know me, I love the, you need to have conversations about this. So communication is key for all relationships, whether you're in relationship with a friend or whether you're in a relationship with a lover or your child or your parent, communication is actually where it's at. And um, sometimes some energetic contributions are required too to make things work. So for this particular time, we're looking at the monogamy transitioning into polyamory, if that's something that's going on. 
then I highly suggest to find out what's missing that has you want to create a polyamorous relationship. Now, it would be ideal if both partners agree. And then it would also be ideal that if they don't agree that you're willing to work something out so that both all parties involved still feel like they're being respected. So that's, that's the kind of a segment to look at. From we're going from monogamy to polyamory. We could go from monogamy and maintain monogamy. That's a whole, that's just like monogamy, right? So we can talk about that as well. And then if you're, if you've always lived and you are in a polyamorous relationship, there is that possibility of going from polyamory to monogamy, right? It's, you might just go, you've been with like 20 partners and you're all loving each other. And then you just are like, wait a second, there's a certain partner that I feel more connected to and I'm choosing this person. So none of these things are stagnant and none of them are definition of who you are. All of these things are forever changing. So in polyamorous relationships, just as I would say in monogamous relationships, always see if there's something that, like if you start to daydream and you're like, oh, I wish I was with somebody or something, or you gotta find out what's the whole, like what's lacking. Is there like vitamin love lacking? And if there's vitamin love lacking, then Go out and start to find ways to give yourself love because I guarantee you there's something you're avoiding about loving yourself if you're not feeling loved from your partner or somebody in your life if you're not feeling loved. So let's get you back on track with feeling some self-love. Now, there's a whole episode into itself, but let's look for that. Like, what is the void? What are you trying to fill? And that whole... If you don't know what it is and you're not clear on it and you're not really sure how to fill it and you start trying to fill it in ways that are creating chaos, it's just going to create a mess. So polyamory can be delightful and beautiful when all parties involved are communicating. Top-notch thing for all things. I don't know if you've noticed the trend on this. But every single thing I talk about, whether it's blowjobs, anal sex, polyamory, whether it's BDSM, what's the number one? Communication. Isn't that weird how communication is like the top thing in sex when how many people are actually communicating in sex and relationships? If I actually tap into that thought, it's probably less than 5% of people. That's not very many. And even when we're communicating, how effective are we communicating? So, you know, we can say things, but then our partners say things and we don't understand each other and we don't understand each other's language and what they're trying to say. So it could get messy and confusing, right? So it's good to keep on going and figure out different tools to be able to manage that. Um, several months ago, I had my friend Laura Armstrong on who does something called Bank Code. And she actually works a lot with couples to help them understand how they communicate with each other. She also works with like business owners and different people. So they understand how to communicate with each other in a way that each partner can hear each other and the communication is much stronger. So communication, one of the sexiest things in monogamy and in polyamory, and we're gonna be coming right back to this topic to find more possibilities. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? 
What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. So, guys, we're talking monogamy, polyamory. We're talking about love and we're talking about possibilities. Now, one of my thoughts is, and I think that people find this surprising because I'm married, but I don't see myself as monogamist. So there you go. But what's interesting is if you ask my husband, he would say that I'm a monogamist. And why I say that I'm not, I would say that I don't identify as a monogamist is because I truly have like deeply intimate relationships with people. Don't necessarily have sex with them, but I have deeply intimate relationships with them. So to me, that level of intimacy counts for polyamory. So, you know, if you're willing to have that kind of depth of relationship with people that are outside of your primary relationship, then I would say that you might just think about this. You might actually be more of a polyamorous person too. And, you know, so that's just my like way of seeing it. That if you're willing to have depth in relationship with anybody, I'm not saying that sex is like the way to define a relationship, even though I love talking about sex. That's not the way we define our relationships. To me, it's the depth and the willingness to have vulnerability with people, to be able to have that intimacy with somebody that actually creates what I would call the amory, the polyamory or the monogamy. And I don't just love one person. I just don't. So just saying, if you're thinking that you're monogamist until you heard that, and now you're like, maybe I'm actually not. 
the funny thing is, is the more you get that you actually are willing to love many people, many more people can show up in your life. And as I started in my life to realize that I just do love many people deeply is when my husband showed up. Like I'm actually willing to love many people deeply. And then he shows up and he's like, I'm willing to marry you. And I'm like 40 years old when we got married. So there you go. It's strange and surprising, right? So until that time in my life, I would say I defined myself as monogamous. I want, I don't want somebody who's like sleeping around on me and I don't want this and I don't want that. And I had all these like definitions. And then I was like, actually, I, I want to love freely and I want the person that I love to love freely. And if for them loving freely is like just being with me, cool. And if for them loving freely is like loving many people in the way that I love many people, that's cool too. So I challenge you to look at the definitions of these things, not from the perspective of what Wikipedia writes on it or what any definition in any, like any definition that you've ever heard of about this, what do they mean to you? What does monogamy mean to you? What's the value of it? Does loving one person create something for you that helps you feel secure or, or deeply loved or specifically loved like you are the one? Now, if that's what you truly need, awesome. But if when I just said that, something inside of you irked a little and you were like, I don't want to actually be specifically loved by one person. I want to be loved by like the world. So if you want to be loved by more than one, maybe your new definition is not monogamy. Maybe it is. You know what? This is where my challenge goes out to you to figure out what these things mean to you. What it means to me is very different than the definitions that you'll find all over the internet, all over the sexperts world of the, you know, all over the relationship experts. This is what it is. And this is how you live it. And this is how you live it ethically. And this is, these are the actions you need to take. And this is the definition and blah, blah, blah. And that's great because you know what? They are giving you definitions based on their experience. Do those definitions work for you? And so for me, a lot of definitions under monogamy and polyamory, none of them work for me. Uh, however, I would say that if I had to have a definition of do I love one person or many, I love many. So I think if I had to define it, that's where we'd go. However, that being said, what, what if there needs to be no definition? What? No definition? What if you didn't have to find your love or your relationships? What if you didn't have to define the relationships that you're in at all? Like if you didn't have to go, that's my husband, that's my boyfriend, that's all these ownership things we put on people on how to explain how we relate to them. That's my daughter, that's my mother. We do this with people. We have these uh, definitions and categorize people. Okay, so they're in the family definition, they're in the this, they're in the friends definition, blah, blah, blah. If we had no definitions at all for the relationships we have, I just wonder how much more intimate and deep and deeper connections we can have with people. The more that we are trying to define it, 
kind of limits it, no? I'm not sure. I think so. It's interesting because I was talking about this topic with my mom that I'm doing uh, monogamy and polyamory. And my mom is like this like little whiz for finding information around the world. And one of the things she was saying is that in the US, um, not in all states, because one state actually stopped this, there is a little symbol in the bottom of your marriage certificate that looks like a triangle and there's some symbol above it. I haven't actually seen this symbol. I haven't looked at my marriage certificate, um, but she was investigating this and it's defined as that the government actually owns your marriage. So if the government owns your marriage, is your marriage even sovereign anyways? Are you even freely allowed to love the person you're with or is it guided by the guidelines of what you agreed to? According to the contract you signed, under a definition that was given to you by a legal contract given to you by your government who now owns your marriage. What? Okay, that's a whole other story. But if I just like put like a million bazinga questions into your brain, I hope so, please go investigate. Check out your own marriage certificate and see if it's on there because I uh, actually asked my husband to find ours because I only heard this news yesterday and Frankly, we don't know if where ours is, but even in that line, it actually indicates that the man owns the woman in the form of husbandry, the way that a man would actually own cows. So interesting definitions, but above all that, the government owns our monogamous, our monogamous marriages. So hmm, isn't that fascinating? Although there is a state where they have now, that's not uh, the case anymore. So I'll be able to update you guys later when I find out what if that symbol is on my marriage certificate and if the government owns my marriage, I'm not quite sure, but fascinating. So because they're all contracts, it's all under contract law. So there you go. And um, that's my side note for today. So polyamorous relationships do not generally have these binding contracts in a legal way. They might have contracts that they've agreed to within themselves in more of a, a freedom to choose this contract or not with no legal binding consequences. It's more of an honor system. So you could also create a monogamous relationship long-term based on honor system. You can define it and you can get it legalized. Right now in Canada, I am not aware of any province or territory which is, I live in Canada. I'm not aware of any province or territory that allows for polyamorous relationships legally. Now, not even in the state of Utah, um, I believe it's still illegal in the state of Utah to be poly, to be a polygamist, to be married to more than one person. So I know there, um, I don't think that law changed the last time I checked. Um, it was at one time, in Utah, people were allowed to be polygamists and it changed and it's hard to say where it's at now, but for most places in the world, loving more than one person is illegal. Isn't that insane? So you're allowed to love your, you're allowed to love the person that you, you're mating with. That oh, say, for example, me as a woman that my husband owns, I'm allowed to love him. But technically, then I'm not allowed to love my children or my child if I had more than one. Not allowed to love them because that would make me cheating on them. And I, I can tell you that I actually know couples who have been married for 
uh, probably over 50 years who have never actually had sex and they consider themselves monogamists, um, mostly because of a health issue for one of the partners. So that, that does occur too. And they are super dedicated and love each other, super kind to each other, create a life together. So again, the definition of monogamy for them does not even necessarily involve sex. It involves for them creating a life together, probably. I've not actually interviewed them on this because I don't know if they want to openly talk about it, but it's definitely fascinating to me that a lot of people will um, divorce based on um, things like sex or love or people loving more than one person. There's, you know, I get it. There can be jealousy that comes up. And I think that's one of the biggest issues with polyamory is where things get undefined. Jealousy comes up and, in, in my, uh, we'll say in my wisdom, my awareness is that polyamory requires you to be so present with yourself that you, that you have such honor and deep regard and gratitude and trust in yourself that you're able to have that with others. And so if you're not in that space, are able to have that and receive that about you, the chances are pretty highly likely that it's going to arise a bunch of issues like jealousy and fear and all the ugly green-eyed monsters, green green monsters with one eye that come out and freak you out in the middle of the night. All those ones will show up. So what if you, A, love yourself first, which is kind of a monogamy in a way, right? Like you're loving you first, you're number one, you and you is one person, truly. We really got down to the logistics of it. Then you loving somebody else, we're already polyamorous now. And then you loving somebody else and somebody else. I think when these definitions got created, people didn't think about self-love, frankly, it wasn't really talked about. So Monogamy would have included you loving somebody else, but you're not that somebody else. Mm. Isn't that weird? These things just make me feel weird on the inside. <laughs> so, so that's why I like to talk about them because I'm like, what is it? What are we doing? Why are we limiting our love? Why are we limiting our gratitude? Why are we limiting what we could receive in relationships? What are we doing, people? What's this all about? So we'll discuss more of this. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone Radio Show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, 
and pleasuring on purpose 21 days of sexual magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich is an exploration of tools processes and actions that you can use to create more for your life your body your money inflows and so much more graduated learning for all levels of interest learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. There's a little question in the chat for those of you who are like, what, if there's a chat room? What, what? Yes, you can go to the chat room if you are too shy to call in and ask questions, or if you're listening and you're like, I like this conversation, but I don't know what to say, but I wanna say something, but I don't know what to say. Just join in the chat room, you might feel inspired. So where do you find this chat room? It's on inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You'll find the link for the chat room, join us. Just put in any ID you want. You can call yourself Frankenstein's monster if you want. Um, join us in the chat room. The other ways you can join us are, or listen to this podcast or join me live. Like you can listen live on many platforms. You can listen live directly and come in and watch video directly if you come in through the Inspire Choices Network. And then if you'd rather listen in podcast, you can find that podcast, video, and live on over 250 platforms because why? We just keep growing. This network is boundless and it's growing and growing and growing. And if you want to join us, if you're like, hey, that girl's talking about some crazy stuff. She's talking about sex and monogamy. She said blowjobs and I want to show too. Cool. What you got to do is you're going to go on to the Inspired Choices Network and you're going to send a message. Just send, the, uh, send an email. So uh, there is, there's ways that you can submit uh, information on there so that you can inquire, inquire all about how do you have a show where you can talk about anything you want because it's honestly the most therapeutic thing I've ever chosen for me in my life. And after six years of this show, it's interesting because prior to this in my life, I've always been like, I've always gone to therapy and I've always um, done different things for many years, for most of my adulthood, I'd say from the age of 22 on, for which I'm now 46. I was gonna say 26, but 46. So for the last 24 years, I've been doing a lot of uh, self-healing, self-discovery, uh, consciousness work. And this show is actually contributing to me in a way that's like having therapy with all of you. It's an interesting thing to talk about stuff, talk about things that have gone on with me, to talk about my life, to get personal and deep with you guys, to talk about things I love and to give instructional information with you is actually one of the most therapeutic things I've ever chosen. So if you are like, I really need to get some crap out and I have a lot to say, this might actually be one of the most affordable ways, <laughs> and I'm serious, probably one of the most affordable ways to get yourself out there, to get yourself seen, witnessed, 
And, um, and I say witnessed because sometimes having people see you as you're talking about your stuff can bring you such a deeper sense of receiving yourself. And that's partly what this has done for me too, is help me receive myself. Why am I saying this? Because I feel like it. I want to love all you guys up and then you can all have shows on here. We're going to create a little sexy network and then, you know, we can all love each other and just be like, have this polyamorous love zone happening on the, on, on the Inspired Choices Network. And we're going to have this, like, it's going to be all about pleasure. So I'd love that. That'd be so fun. So um, I, I think I find that I'm, I'm kind of interesting that way too, is like, I get excited when people are in the same, um, in the same work that I do. And they're doing something that's like a little different than me. And I get to learn from them. And where I have heard that there's like, like jealousy goes crazy and people are like, no, I want to do that. So if you're feeling jealous, whether it's in a relationship or whether it's for business or whatever, you got to ask, like, what, A, what are you jealous about? And then B, are you willing to choose that for you? So if you're like jealous that I have a radio show, go out and choose it for you. Join us, right? So I kind of wanted to tap into that jealousy vibe because there is a jealousy vibe that definitely can go in both the zones of monogamy and polyamory. It's not like jealousies you know that green-eyed monster only shows up in polyamorous relationships definitely not this green-eyed monster shows up in monogamous relationships for sure it could show up for different reasons where a person might be you know jealous that you went to the movies or jealous that i keep saying the movies because i want to go to the movies and i haven't been able to go to the movies so um yeah maybe the movies are open in my area but anyway so there are things that um that you may feel like you want to choose that if you chose them would make your partner mad or upset or jealous, or it would create a problem, right? So, you know, if you going to the movies with somebody that you adore, or you going to dinner with somebody that you adore creates problems in your relationship, I have to say your problems are deeper than the movies and the dinner, because there's something that you're not communicating. If you're in a relationship where the communication is strong, people are not jealous, there's openness, then you going to a dinner with somebody uh, would likely be something that your partner is happy for you. Because like, I actually think about this, that maybe I'm also weird this way too, but my husband goes to dinner with all kinds of his exes. And and the coolest thing to me is he actually loves all of them. And to me, that's actually why I married him. Well, it's not the only reason. He's really hot too. Like that helps. And he's super kind and loving. But one of his most intriguing qualities to me is that I know, even though he's not in relationship with them and he's not like interested in that, he has a deep love for all of his exes. And I actually said that to him one day. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I actually know that you love all of your exes. He's like, what do you mean? He he actually didn't even realize it until I kind of like mentioned it to him. He's like, well, I don't hate them. And I'm like, yes. And you actually still love them pretty much on the same level that you loved them when you were with them. So to, to me, that's amazing. 
I would want to be in relationship with somebody who, if we ever ended, would still love me deeply. Like that just, that actually makes me want to cry when I think about how like beautiful that is. So if you're in a relationship where you think like, even if you broke up, that person would love you. To me, I think that's in a, that's like a good place to be. That's for me. That's my standard. <laughs> but um, I don't know. What's your standard? So it's not about longing for them. It's just like you see them, you want to see them, you admire them, you respect them, you want to enjoy their company. And I think that's beautiful. So in that respect, I would say that in our hearts of hearts, a lot of us are polyamorous because all we really want is for the people we love to be happy, whatever that looks like. So, you know, if you if your friends are having fun and you're happy for your friends having fun, if I mean, if there's a feeling of being left out on anything ever, even if it's like this polyamorous stuff and you're like, "Mm, I wasn't invited in on that with my partner. You know what? You can always just ask, can I come? And if they say not this time, blah, 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 then, you know, that's where your conversation starts. So always jealousy can lead to conversations Anger can lead to conversations and communication. All these things that we try to avoid the deepest that definitely come up with in all kinds of uh, configurations of relationship, all of these things can offer us different ways to heal. So if being in a relationship with you and one other partner brings up a lot of issues for you, start to heal them. Then if you're like, wow, that's healed and you're looking for new triggers, guess what? They'll show up because the beauty of consciousness and choosing to heal things is that there'll be something always that shows up in your life so that you can know, hey, I still have that little crap to work on, you know, and it just offers you an opportunity to look at your stuff and maybe check out a new perspective on it and see what it is that you value about it and what you want to keep these things that keep you upset and sad and angry and whatever. So isn't that a fun, fun thought? (laughs) And so looking at these emotions, um, I'm talking a lot about emotions today. And honestly, I didn't have a, like anything that it was set out to say, but it seems that this is where the, the party's going tonight, because there is so much emotion involved in relationships, whether it's the relationship you have with you, the relationship you have with somebody else on a one-on-one basis or the relationship with you that you have with many people. So you can have a relationship that's polyamorous where, you know, you're dating this person here and you're dating this person there and you're dating another person over there. They're kind of like separate relationships that are happening all at once. You can also have uh, polyamorous relationships that are like a group of people who are all interconnected and relating to each other. So there's like, and there's more variations on that as well. So I just, relationships in general are incredibly complex. Let's face it. These are not things that are ever going to be simple because why? We have 7.9 billion people on the planet right now until like, I won't even say, but we'll have, we're going to have probably less in a few years, but right now we've got 7.9 billion people on the planet around and that's a lot of people to relate to. 
that's a lot of emotion that comes up. That's a lot of triggers, projections, expectations. There's all kinds of things that come up when you know people, just how it works. It's how we operate as human beings. It's just how we operate. So what can we do to have more ease with these things? And the number one thing to me is communication. Communication doesn't always mean that you're talking to somebody. It doesn't have to be a, it doesn't have to be spoken. It doesn't have to be texted. It can be an inner dialogue and it could be something that you paint. That's also a form of communication, getting your feelings out. Expressing yourself is communication. Now, there are times where you're going to absolutely need clear verbal communication because energetic communication doesn't cut it. Like if you're, you know, engaging in BDSM and you have to give your um, your safe word, you can't just like energetically communicate it necessarily. So verbalizing is good too. However, I'm letting you know, there are many ways that you can learn to communicate with yourself first so that you can have that connection to you so that you can see what kind of relationships would I like? Would I like to have one person? Would I like to have many lovers? Would I like to not define it and see where things go? Isn't it fun to not define it? Like how many things have you used to to figure out in your life or define what kind of relationship do I want? I bet on average, we have at least 20 things per person on how we define what we would want in a primary lover, even though we might not know it or list it, like physically have listed it. So there are lots of things when we define it that kind of narrows in on the person you want to be with. And in some ways, it also limits who you're willing to receive love from. So when I met my husband, I actually had no definition or even I wasn't even looking. What I was actually looking for in my life was a carpenter to help me build my house with ease. That was pretty much my request to the universe. Universe, can you please bring me somebody to complete my house with joy, ease and glory? Well, guess what? My house keeps ever changing because when you live with somebody in construction who's a carpenter, your house is forever changing. New things get added. You get new windows, you get a new room, you get a new roof, you get, then you get new things in your backyard. So the beauty is, is I love that my house is never done because that means if my, if my relationship is based on that question of having my house completed with joy, ease and glory, my house may never be completed. And so my relationship can be very much sustained as he grows our house. So why would somebody marry though is a really great, great, great question. And we will look at that. And there are some really practical reasons and then there are some fantasy reasons. So we'll address that after this next commercial break. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life. 
and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. So, what's really fun is, oop, I'm just uh, sorry about that, guys. I just had a moment where I was looking at myself and I changed my video. So, if you felt nauseous for a minute, that was, yep, sorry about that. So, um, uh, what I was saying before break was we were talking about relationships and like, why marry? Why would a person marry when they have all these options out there? So marriage originally was kind of set up as a way to trade land and acquire land. That's the original reason we got married. Chattel and they got bought traded and the men got to own you. And then whatever land came with you as a woman was now owned by your husband. Thus, Thing, like women like the you know the queen elizabeth the first queen elizabeth did not marry she did not want to give up her throne and you know this makes sense she knew she knew she would have to give it all over now some of these rules of course have changed but they've been really ingrained in us genetically historically we pass these things on and they become like a tradition and a habit like if everybody smoked cigars every day of their life since like the 10th century, we'd probably all be, every single one of us, including children smoking cigars because it's a habit we've passed on and it's become very much the acceptable norm. But the fundamental reasons for getting married that were there then are not in place, not everywhere in the world, but there are still in place in some places in the world and um, in regards to like women being owned as property. And, and I still think that that is actually on my marriage certificate that I'm willing to find because we always joke about that my husband, this is our ownership papers. So, um, which is quite funny to me because he's so not that. <laughs> so uh, when, I, when I'm thinking about like, why else do people get married? It can be pragmatic reasons as well. It can be for the reasons of joining homes, creating greater in this world. So if you're both people who are looking at like, hey, I'd like to create this kind of, I'd like to create a life. I'd like to have, I'd like to have land. I'd have, like to have a home. I'd like to create a family. And to me, one of the greatest reasons to get married is for collaboration. And I like to collaborate with a lot of people. I collaborate with my friends. Having somebody in my life on a daily basis to collaborate with, to me, is one of the most fun reasons to be married. So, People get married for different reasons. Some people are getting married so that they have a guaranteed sex partner. Sex is never guaranteed, by the way, because your body might not function, things might be happening, and you might not be able to perform in the way that you were hoping to. So when you look at reasons for you to get married, try to take away the things that are superficial. Try to take away the things that are going to possibly go away, fade, or die. So if it's like you're marrying them for their body, well, their body could get changed if they got hit by a car and they're in hospital. 
So now why would you marry this person? I know that sounds morbid, but that's these are actually thoughts that I've been playing with since I've been in my 20s. Like if this person that I'm with had a car accident and their face was smashed, would I still want to be with them? And if my answer was yes, I would stay there. I would stay in the relationship. Then I got more crafty with my questions. Like, you know, will this create greater in my life? Will this create greater for the planet? So my main reason to be married is because I love collaboration. And my collaboration, as when I check on it on a fairly regular, like almost daily basis, does this relationship contribute to the greaterness on the planet, to greater possibilities for everybody and anything on the planet? And the weird thing is, is even though it's just like me and my hubby married, this is like our definition, right? Our marriage for me contributes to the planet. How is that possible, right? So this is where now I've included all of you in my relationship. And this is how my relationship becomes polyamorous is because I'm choosing my relationship to actually create greater, not just for me, but for everybody. So if you're thinking your relationship is only for you, just for you, you and your partner, that's one level of it. But are you willing to have a relationship that actually creates greater for the whole planet? That you are like, whether you inspire people or whether just energetically you being together creates greater on the planet, it's kind of irrelevant, but you can always ask the question, does this relationship create greater for me? Does it create greater for my life? Does it create greater for the planet? Does it create greater for my partner and whoever else is involved, right? So if you've got kids involved, does it create greater for them? To me, that's the primary reason to be alive is to create greater. And a lot of times communication is required in order to create greater. So we got some things that we got to like play with in order to have these, um, these lives that we're looking to have, right? So I wonder why, what has had you choose relationships? Have you chose relationships that are solely for you and the person that you're, you know, your primary lover? Because if, if you are and you're finding that those relationships have been limited and they're not really working out for you, broaden that perspective. That's one thing you could do is you could broaden the perspective of does your relationship create greater for the entire planet? I wonder where that will lead us, huh? So next week, I actually had a request and I'm going to see if I can get the information in for this, but there might be some wrestling involved. So thank you everybody for listening. You are. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body. <laughs>